This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Siobhan Moran McFarlane. It's Friday the 2nd of February. In your squiz today, social media bosses appear in the US Senate, the EU votes on funding for Ukraine, new concussion guidelines are in, and a plum cake to impress. This is your squiz today. There's long been accusations of social media being bad for our mental health, and yesterday the bosses of five of the world's biggest social media companies fronted the US Senate to address some of those concerns, and particularly around how their platforms are affecting young people. Yeah, so Meta's boss Mark Zuckerberg is probably the most well-known of that bunch. He and TikTok's Shuji Chu voluntarily appeared, but the other three, that was Linda Yaccarino from X, Evan Spiegel from Snapchat, who is also Miranda Kerr's husband, just quietly, (laughs) and Jason Citron from the gamers chat app Discord were subpoenaed and forced to testify. And it was a full-on session. Family members of a lot of young people who've self-harmed after having bad experiences on the social platform sat directly behind the executives and clapped, laughed and even hissed as they responded to tough questions from the US Senate committee members. Yeah, one of those senators was Marsha Blackburn. She's a Republican from Tennessee. She told Zuckerberg that she found secret documents estimating the lifetime value of a teen user at $270 US dollars. Astounding. So, Siobhan, I guess the big question out of this is, will the social media CEO's appearance do anything? Well, Zuckerberg did say sorry, but he also insisted that his company invests, quote, so much to prevent suffering. Spiegel also apologised for failing to prevent the tragedies of children who died after buying drugs on Snapchat. But that wasn't enough for senators. Some of them called on them to compensate the families affected and others expressed frustration that the US federal government has failed to rein in social media thus far because instead it's really been down to the individual states up till now who have pursued specific policies such as minimum age requirements. Yeah, several platforms have also recently introduced new safety features like hiding potentially harmful posts and tools to restrict usage, particularly late at night. But experts say that's not enough. Siobhan, the 27 member states in the European Union have met overnight in Brussels. They've approved about $82 billion of financial support that will go towards Ukraine's efforts in the war against Russia. So this isn't the first time that EU members have met to discuss this issue. Back in December, Hungary knocked it back. And on Tuesday this week, their PM, Viktor Orban, said that although he's supportive of the Ukraine, the amount is just too high. And he doesn't think that the EU should be coughing it up. And he has a lot of power in this situation, Alice, because to get this kind of funding package over the line, 
all of the countries involved have to agree. Yeah, that's right. So because of his reluctance, there had been real concerns that this package wouldn't get through. So Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky says he's grateful that it has been passed. He says the money will strengthen the long-term economic and financial stability of Ukraine. The latest data from the real estate analysis firm CoreLogic shows that January was the 12th straight month of rising rents. They went up 0.8% last month. And home prices also rose by 0.4%. So that points to Aussies still desperately trying to get into the housing market, Siobhan. Yes, and particularly so in Perth, because it had the steepest price increases over the past year at 16.7%. That was followed by Brizzy with 14.8%, Sydney with 11.4%, Adelaide with 10.3%, Melbourne with 3.9% and Canberra with 1.2%. Darwin remained steady and Hobart's house prices actually dropped by 0.4%. And like you say, Alice, demand is still high, Mm. but it seems we're still all about securing a house rather than a unit because the gap between median house prices and median unit values have hit a record 45.2%. Kevin McLeod, who you might know as the original host of Grand Designs, weighed in on that. He reckons our love for big houses is stifling innovative architecture and also impacting urban livability. He says we need to become YIMBYs, which stands for Yes in My Backyard, and embrace townhouses and terraces. Yeah, I'd like to know what kind of house Kevin lives in. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super. Superannuation can sometimes feel like just another overwhelming life admin chore. But as a member of Aware Super, you'll have access to lots of free online tools to help you, like their My Retirement Planner, which allows you to see how much you might need for retirement and comes with an easy to understand plan of how to get there. Read the PDS and TMD at aware.com.au. If you're heading to an oval or a court for a sporting match this weekend, this one might be relevant to you. New guidelines for concussion management are being rolled out to all junior and community sports across Australia. Yep, so that means that any players who've taken a head knock will be sidelined for three weeks. And those rules will bring us into line with the UK and our Kiwi cousins. They'll also mean that players must be symptom-free for two weeks before they can return to any contact training. Now, there's been lots of discussion about the impact of concussions recently, and that's because there's a lot of concerning new evidence about the effects of repeated head knocks. The Australian Institute of Sports' David Hughes reckons 95% of concussions happen in community sport, so this is not a small matter. Yeah, the Australian Sports Commission CEO and former swimming legend Kieran Perkins is happy that we've updated our response to concussions. He says, I'm proud that Australia, along with the UK and New Zealand, is leading the world in concussion guidelines. He says they're all about ensuring sport remains a safe and welcoming environment for all. Siobhan, I know you love this one. (laughs) An Italian woman has gone to extreme lengths to prove that she's related to the heir of the Lamborghini car brand and is therefore owed some of the company's riches. Alice, you know me well. This is literally my story (laughs) of the week. I love it. So, 
wait for some great Italian here. <laughs> Flavia Borzone is her name. She's a 35-year-old beautician, and she claims that she's the long-lost daughter of Tonino Lamborghini, who is the 76-year-old son of the company's founder. And she's gone to some pretty dramatic lengths to prove it, <laughs> including hiring a private investigator to retrieve a drinking straw used by Lamborghini's daughter, Elettra to steal her DNA or swipe <laughs> her DNA, I should say. And that ballsy move might just have paid off because Borzoni claims a DNA test done by an Italian university confirmed that they are a match. They are sisters. Now, the background to this is that she says her mother started a relationship with Lamborghini in 1980, long before she was born in 1988. Yes, he denies that. He's suing Borzoni for defamation. I know I haven't pronounced her name quite the same as you, Siobhan. <laughs> and he also claims that the straw was taken without his daughter's permission. So he's saying that's inadmissible as evidence in court. It all sounds like it's being taken straight from the script of a TV drama <laughs> to me. Yes, Netflix <laughs> need to get on that stat. Friday light, Siobhan, what do you have for us? Well, I know Claire usually does the recipes, so in her honour, I've got one mm -hmm. for you. And if you're lucky <laughs> enough to have a plum tree near you, this is perfect. Even if you have to buy them, though, I still want you to try it. It's a gingery plum cake, and it's a guaranteed showstopper in my mm. best bake-off language. <laughs> and the good news is you don't even need a mix master to whip it up. It's super easy and delicious. If you want to try that one out this weekend, I'll make sure I pop the link in the episode notes. And that's it for us today. Although I should mention that Claire and Kate will be back in your ears tomorrow morning with the weekly wrap, the first one for 2024. They'll do what it says on the box, wrap up the news of the week and give you a heads up on what's on the news agenda for next week. Yes, I like a podcast that does what it says it will do. So make sure you head over to the news <laughs> club for that. In fact, hit the link in your show notes or dive into your podcast app now. Search for news club and hit follow. That way you won't miss a thing. Yes. That's the way to do it. Have a great Friday and weekend, and the Squiz today will be back with you on Monday. G'day, I'm Kate Watson, co host of News Club. News Club this week was an interview with Lauren Sams. She's the fashion editor at the Australian Financial Review. She's all over the business of fashion and retail, so I pulled her in to talk to us about fast fashion and ultra-fast fashion. In particular, businesses like Timu and Shein, who in Australia alone are on track to record more than $2 billion in sales. Here's a clip from that conversation. What is happening is that it's recalibrating fashion as a single-use item. Mm. So when you think about something that's 6 or $7, you know, my, I bought coffee this morning and that was $5.50. And that that's a single-use item to me. You know, I, I have my coffee. Like actually is, like you cannot use that twice. No. <laughs> and so when you're talking about a dress yeah. that's sort of an equivalent price, people equate it with something that doesn't need to be valued. Um, you don't need to wear it again. To listen to the full interview, just search for News Club in your podcast app and hit follow.